Before we get into today's episode, we want to tell you our annual NBA opening night doubleheader. That's Wednesday, October 20th. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics are at Madison Square Garden to take on Julius Randle, former Celtic Kemba Walker, yay, and the Knicks at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Then it's our primetime West Coast game with reigning MVP Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets in Phoenix squaring off against Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and the Suns last season's Western Conference champs. Two great matchups to tip off the NBA season on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Welcome to another edition of the In the Crease podcast. Linda Cohn here with, of course, the great Emily Kaplan. And uh, it's funny, we're coming to you from uh, different hotel rooms. I am in Vegas, and Emily, you are in Tampa, and we have a special guest. Right. you like you never left. You were just there. And uh, we have a special guest who's also from Vegas. Different hotel room, of course. But Kevin Weeks and I will be covering the same game, which is the second half of our ESPN doubleheader. Tuesday night, the Vegas Golden Knights, their home opener against the first ever NHL game for real for the Seattle Kraken. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, You know, I'm huge fans of yours and and we have a lot of uh, a lot of mutual support going back and forth. But I will say this: I've listened to every single episode so far, every one of them, and you can quiz me on them to prove it. They've been great. So happy to be joining <laughs> you. Uh, happy to be joining you both. Uh, thanks for having me on in advance, and I love what you're doing. They've been awesome so far. Honestly, Kev, you're the best. When I love all of our new teammates, but I just have a special affinity for you because uh, you're someone you. that I can just call up and shoot. The- with and you'll tell the truth and that's why when we found out that we were going to have some espn personalities on this podcast we were like i think kevin's got to be first (laughs) and he is (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you both no thank you and that's the goalie thing i'll see too on on your end so goalie union still right goalie union still so weeksy uh now that uh, you're part of the worldwide leader was it what you expected it to be yeah it has been It, it has been you know um I have really high expectations for things and and a high level of standard to things. I've been raised that way. My parents have always been that way. They've instilled that in my sister and I. I love attention to detail. You'd know this being a former goalie and a longtime great. And Em, you know this as being an outstanding journalist and doing multimedia, both of you. There has to be an attention to detail. And I found that we've had that here. So we've had that attention to detail here so far. It's been infectious. And also, too, as a new person here, I just love the fact that there's this much passion behind the investment because the initial investment and the rights acquisition is one thing, but it's the passion and the attention to detail and the expected excellence every day that, that bring that to life and really uh, take it to the next level. And I've seen that and I've loved that so far. I feel like people are so sick of hearing this, but the one thing people don't realize about ESPN is there's so many puckheads there over the last 17 years, we weren't airing games, but it was still talked about in the building and there were still people that were so passionate Kvitching for the kvitching. I'm trying to use an old Yiddish word and I can't do it, but waiting for that opportunity. And here they are. So I'm curious though, like as someone who came in from the outside and you come and work for ESPN, what's something that you've either been super geeked out about when you saw or were really surprised by? You're like, oh, I didn't realize that this is the way it is here. Uh, I was geeked out about two things. Number one, I was geeked out about our talent seminar in Chicago and the fact that there was that level of, uh, of leadership and, and setting forth what the expectation of the blueprint looks like and standard of excellence and standard of greatness, that really grabbed me. And, and I'll tell you why. Again, I'm wired that way and I like to be that way in everything I do. But being a former goalie, it's all about precision. You know, you play that position, it's all about precision. Everything. Uh, literally one-eighth of an inch, your shoulder is here or it's rotated the other way. That's the difference between a save and a goal. It, or a micro fraction uh, of a second makes all the world of a difference as, as Lynn, as you know, all too well. So I, I was a hockey head, knew I aspired to play in the NHL, but I love hoops. I love these other sports. So I was listening to a lot of great voices from local news to Ron McLean on hockey night in Canada, to the late great John Saunders to, I can go all around LC yourself. Um, there's so many different people. 
And that was the standard. So I never really came into broadcasting like somebody that just wanted to coast as a quote unquote second career. I approach it with the same respect because there's so many women and men that are great at the craft. And I approach that with that same respect that I had for playing. So I would say that that initial um, the initial meeting that we had in, in Chicago. And then I'd also say the studio the other day, going into the studio was sick. Our studio looks amazing. I, I can't credit the fabricators and, and everybody behind the scenes enough. Be honest, you were kind of geeked out over reunited with Tortorella. I know that you were just trying to butter him up on set, get him soft. And he was Larry David. <laughs> I couldn't have buttered him up anymore. I mean, oh my goodness. Um, geez, all that fresh butter that I was that I was pouring on for him. But uh, no, no, no. I played for Torts as a youngster. I played for him when I was young in Tampa and probably like my second or third year in the league. And played for him a little bit. Actually, a lot of people wouldn't know for Rochester and the Spengler Cup over in Switzerland, the huge tournament they had there. So I played for him over there too. Steve Shields was loaned to the Buffalo Sabres at the time. So the Panthers are kind enough to, to lend me there uh, to Rochester to help my development at that time. So um, yeah, it's cool. I, I really like the fact that we have different people, different perspectives, different genders, people across different parts of the color wheel, different religions, and no, not only on the camera, but also off the camera as well. I think that's cool because it's going to lend itself to a multi-dimensional kind of perspective in terms of how we cover the game. Uh, and on the different platforms that we cover it. So you have all the information, but now we want your opinions. I want, <laughs> okay. and I'm going to begin with goalies. Yeah, Who's okay. your sleeper pick? Who's nobody talking about that's a goalie this year that's just going to have an awesome season? Oh my gosh, I could give you a few of them. I don't feel enough people are speaking about Philip Grubauer. Even though I am. I, call, I picked him to win yeah. the visitor. I picked Sick. him to win the visitor. Yes, you did. You did. You did. You did. But in the general consciousness, like a lot of people, they try to like hate on, on Gru, which I don't understand why, because I think why? he's excellent. And he's taken his game to such a higher level. And I know from last year, just doing some of our games on the NHL Network, the showcase games on Saturdays, he was locking horns with Marc-Andre Fleury. He would lock horns with whoever else it is that he played against down at the other end. And he was just money. Like, he's awesome. He's worked really hard to get where he is. So he's a guy that I feel that people sleep on in a weird way. Somebody that you know, LC, because you're out there in Cali now. My man, John Gibson. Same thing. Him. He's awesome. He's been awesome since he went to Kitchener as a 17-year-old out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's, but, you know, obviously Anaheim seems to be stuck in this perpetual rebuild. Then they can't get it out of neutral. Let's hope they can start to make some progressions this year. But uh, if I was a general manager, I, I would tell you that'd be a goalie I'd be trying to trade for. I think he's going to have another big season. I just don't know if, where the team will be in front of him again. And also, too, the fact it's an Olympic year. Team USA, hello. That's what I'm looking at. If you're going to be able to run Connor Hellebuck, John Gibson, is it Spencer Knight? Is it Thatcher Demko? Is it Cal Peterson at the number three for Team USA at the Olympics? But I think Gibson's that good. I've always been bullish on him since he was a junior. And I don't think he gets enough love, quite frankly, him or Grubauer. I was just about to ask about Spencer Knight, if you think he's going to be that third guy, because initially I thought it was going to be Demko or Campbell, but Knight, I don't know. Like if he starts off strong, it's possible. It, I mean, look, we're just watching him in the World Juniors last year, okay? So <laughs> we're watching him in the World Juniors. This guy's sick. I'm talking to my man, Roberto Luongo, future Hall of Famer, my, my former goalie partner with the Islanders when we came in the league. And I asked Roberto, I'm like, Bobby, tell me how he is. Lou, how is he? He's like, we see this guy's legit. I asked his brother, Leo Loango, who's the assistant goalie coach in their HL team. We see this guy's legit. Like I went through Robbie Tallister, goalie coach. Everybody raves about this guy. People that play with him, people that are playing with him in Florida, every single person. And watching him burst on the scene, like he shredded up college hockey after World Juniors last year, obviously, at Boston College. And then uh, seeing him at the NHL level, he's undefeated. And he was amazing. And he was so poised and playing. So uh, he's fortunate that he has a good pro with him there and Sergey Bobrovsky, who still has a lot of game left and is a consummate professional, really committed to his craft. But uh, he can certainly make a big push. Spencer Knight can make a big push for that club too, no doubt. Yeah, when we were making our picks, I picked Spencer Knight to win the Calder. I really believe in that kid. And I don't even have your connections, Week C, to Florida, <laughs> even, even though I once tried out for their team to be an emergency backup goalie. But uh, That's uh, a connection. Yeah, That's that is a connection. That's a connection right there. That's true. You know, I pick my spots. Uh, so anyway, I, I love that kid. And I think, you know, Bobrovsky, we don't know what to get from him. And But I picked Florida to win the Atlantic. I want to talk about the Eastern Conference because there are so many 
talented teams out of the Atlantic and of course out of the Metro. And on an earlier podcast here with Emily, I was like, oh, five teams are coming out of the Metro. Three are coming out of the Atlantic. I did a spot with Sirius XM NHL Network Radio this morning. And they're like, wait a minute, Linda, only three out of the Atlantic. Who's, who's left out? Boston or Toronto? And I said, Boston. And I probably pissed off a lot of people, but because I'm thinking it's going to be Florida, Tampa, and of course, Toronto. Uh, but it's going to be nip and tuck with Toronto and Boston for that third spot. How do you see the playoff spots in the Eastern Conference playing out there, Weeksy? Oh, I've, I've heard I've heard you guys on, on the podcast so far, and, and I, I agree. I think it's going to be a dogfight. The East is a dogfight. To me, the West is a little bit easier to settle because the Pacific isn't as strong in terms of its right. weighted competition, right, which you, you, you both have spoken about on the pod. But when I look at this, ooh-wee, the East is <laughs> going to be spicy. I'm telling you right now. Okay, look, let's start off with what would typically be the favorites, right, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Our man Sid's not starting the season. Gino, another Hall of Famer, Malkin's still out with a knee, post-knee surgery. Sid had hand surgery, wrist, I think it was. So, okay, how long can the Pittsburgh Penguins stave off the opposition in that unforgiving division that they're in, given the fact that two of the best players of this generation and two of the best players all time are out due to injury, recovering from their surgeries. At least the news is Sid might be traveling to Tampa with Pitt, and he's just rejoined practice, but Nonetheless, I'm kind of worried about them for that reason. The Washington Capitals, I love their squad. I was speaking to somebody in their front office yesterday. We love Ovi and John Carlson's money, TJ Oshie. My man, Mr. Tom Wilson, I call him, because he's a disruptor every time he's on the ice. A lot of guys don't want to be out there because he's so mean and skilled. However, all that to say, they've got the young goalies in the net. They're going to roll with Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. I'm not sure if those guys can carry the load. Hopefully they can, but that's a tough ask for two young goalies on a contending team. Okay. Okay. I heard you the other day on this too. I remember exactly where I was working on our garage in Jersey, listening <laughs> to your pod. And I remember you, okay, Islander fans, lay off me. I'm paraphrasing right now because you happen to be a Long Islander, LC. That's what people seem yeah. to forget, right? But anyway, you you're a Long Islander. But look, the Islanders, I think that they're going to be even better this year. But here's my one thing. Here's a one question mark. Can Sorokin play more games if he's asked to? Because Varlamov has been dealing with a lingering issue from a mm-hmm. health standpoint. So where does that net out? Can Sorokin play 55 or 60 NHL games if he's asked to? Time will tell. Um, but I do love their team. I love Barry Trotz. I love Lou Lamorello. The Florida Panthers, I think, are going to be even better than they were last year. I think that they're closing the gap right now on Tampa. And Tampa, we know, is the standard in the league. I love the Panthers' depth. I love the goaltending. I love the the additions that they got to their team, especially Sam Bennett from Calgary. Uh, The Boston Bruins, I always love the Bees. I've got six former teammates in that organization. Go ahead, take that that drink of water, LC. Take another one because I see where you're going. You're getting hydrated for your your response to this. Ah, I don't know if the Boston Bruins are the same squad without David Krejci and without Tuca. Because everybody so sad kinda... because they finally got Krejci a winger he liked. Exactly. Taylor Hall. Yes. And that, that line was electric together. Almost instant chemistry, mm-hmm. too, in the regular season. They cooled in the postseason. But um, I still like their squad. Don't get me wrong. And keep an eye on Jeremy Swayman. He's another goalie that a lot of people don't give enough love to. But him and Allmark, I think, will be a good duo. But it's going to be a little different without Tuca. Like, Tuca's still kind of elite. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Olmark's got to stay healthy. Olmark's got to stay healthy. Else, It's the same situation with a rookie and Jeremy Swainman that Florida has with Spencer Knight. You know, these are the kind of things where Ken or, and Sorokin with the Islanders, are they going to be able to carry the load, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing? So, I think the Rangers are better, too, though. I've heard you saying that. I think, yeah, I think the Rangers are. are better. I think they're good because you know what? They're not going to be playing in the Westchester Town Center anymore. They're a little Westchester Town Center special for me last year. Like they were in the mall in the food court a little bit. They didn't yeah. really want to get banged up. And I want, you know, I, I, I had to, to think go, about that analogy I for a second. I want to give it to you, you know, give you a little I've something different. I know it. You know it. Spell right? it out. Like, spell it out. I got you. So you're walking through the Westchester mall, you get to the food court, you're like sidestepping people, holiday shopping. Yeah, you're you're side- courteous. You're courteous. You're right. Like, no, yeah. the Rangers can't, like they need jam. One thing about New York, you are a native New Yorker. I'm a turned New Yorker, having played for all teams, living in Metro New York now for, I don't know, 
combined 14 years or whatever it's been. The thing is now that I see is they're going to be harder to play against. They're going to be tougher to play against. You're not going to be as shy. They're not going to run from checks and kind of dance out of the way. They're going to play with more jam, I think, and, and a little more intensity, which should help them. Yeah. And uh, by the way, they have 5,000 captains. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's now six. No, there's no captains. <laughs> only six alternate captains. I saw that. Gerard I, I Gallant. That. I mean, it's according to Gerard Gallant, who I love, who's going to be the difference yep. maker. Uh, it was his call. It was really startling to me. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm you curious know, your perspective. Yeah. yeah. Cause like you're a goalie. So it's different, a little individualistic, but is there an importance of having one singular voice and captain or is like it going to suffice to have the six man leadership group or seven man or whatever six. it is? <laughs> I think this, Eight, I think the six ten. piece, the six piece nuggets leadership group. Yeah. Six pack. I, 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 the six pack, <laughs> seriously, the Budweiser six yes. pack. I don't know if I'm feeling that to be no, honest. I'm not. I mean, look, it, I like I, the nuggets. They're each we nugget. Do a sweet and sour, sweet and sour is the choice. Uh-huh. The flavor choice, sauce. right? Exact special sauce works too. But here's my thing with that, right? It's, I look at it this way. I, there's so much that I love about Artemi Panarin. And yeah. it's not only because we share the same agent in the great Paul Theophanis. It's not only that limited to that. <laughs> right. But um, as you know, I'll see yes. as well. But I think the biggest thing for me with Panarin is I like his candor. And he understands that being in New York, he's going to be asked to speak. And keep in mind, like imagine if you're playing in Moscow and you happen to be from I don't know, you're from Queens and now you're playing in Moscow in the KHL for my buddy Dave Nemirovsky's team. And now you're the captain and now you have to address the fans and the media in the KHL in Russian because that's, you know, it's a Russian league. So it's the shoes on the other foot here. That's a big responsibility, especially in a place like New York. So all that to say, I thought that was very selfless of Panarin. By example and by work ethic and excellence, he'll bring all that to the table. But I really felt like based on the roster that's there, I thought that that was going to go to Chris Kreider. And if it didn't go to Chris Kreider based on tenure and everything else, quite frankly, I'll tell you somebody who would have been a nice captain for the NYR too. It's Foxy. That's who I picked, right, Emily? Foxy, I picked it from the Queen. beginning, an early episode. You Foxy. did. Yeah. If you're going to have six Come and he's on. the seventh man out, it's just it not cool. Make sense. Exactly. Of all, you know, you pick six. Meanwhile, you have Barclay Gaudreau who's been there for six Thank minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. I mean, it's a joke. I, I really, Foxy. I'm like, I'm just, uh, of course, Fox, Adam Fox, he's not going anywhere. He's a young I'm leader. We've had younger players be, wear the C. It's ridiculous. Listen, he grew up going to Ranger games. Of course You don't he have did. to sell what it means to be a Ranger to him. It's a family thing. We talked about it at the Player Media Tour in Chicago about him growing up going to Ranger games. No big deal. Goes to Harvard. Might have heard of it. One of the top <laughs> five post-secondary education uh, institutions in the world. Okay. So he goes there. Brilliant there. Amazing. Gets his rights. Comes to the Rangers. Stars on Broadway. Wins the Norris. And by the way, by the way, he reminds me of the great Brian Leach, who I happen to play against. And you both covered. Right. And you would have seen up close. And I happen to play against Leachy. He reminds me of Brian Leach in a of lot course. of ways. That is the biggest compliment you can pay. And here's the thing. Not only is he book bright, but he also is quite funny. He's got a good personality as we would have seen in Chicago and speaking to him. So I, I really think that uh, I really think that he he was the one he's the one that I felt should have been. Uh, he's the one that I felt should have been named the captain for sure. For sure. Okay. Hands down. That, 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 that would have been my guy, if not Kreider. We're on to the chicken nuggets theme. So let's just go for right. spicy. You had take. Emily a chicken nuggets. She can't get off that, right? Yeah, I know. Now I'm hungry. What's your spicy take for the season? Give me like one bold prediction. One bold prediction that I have for this season is that there's going to be a team from the East that wins a Stanley Cup. Hold it. And it's going to be from what a lot of the, well, from a lot of what are the haters say a quote-unquote non-traditional hockey market. You know when people talk that foolishness, they're like, that's a non-traditional yeah, hockey market. Yeah, Florida. So it's going to be, it's either Florida, yep. Carolina, or Tampa for me. And by the way, I played yeah. in all three of those markets. I loved each one of them for different reasons. And I think our league is, is, is stronger. Here's what it is. You remember when we had the California wave and the Ducks were money, the Kings were money, the Sharks were money. Sure, Sharks. You go on that road trip, you're like... Oh, we're in for it now. Like we got to go out west. 
that's our road swing. Oh Lord, the California trip. I remember talking to GMs and players like we see, we got to get stronger. We got to add more beef to our lineup. We're going to go play those three teams. That's what I think is going to be the equivalent playing against the two Florida teams and the Carolina hurricanes right now. Those are going to be three of the yeah. top teams in the league this year for me. That's my spicy. You know, take. That wasn't too long ago. You know, it's crazy. That's a good spicy mm-hmm. take. Uh, that wasn't too long ago. I mean, that's just amazing how time has tra- uh, moved right? so fast. Uh, you know, we, we broke down the East with you pretty much. I want to get to the West. We talked about the Pacific division. Uh, sadly, it's weak. But ask anyone from the Pacific Division who plays in it, they'll say, oh, Linda, you know, we might surprise you. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I'm waiting to be surprised. I like surprises. Uh, so let, let's talk about the West. Who do you like there? And who's going to take a tremendous step back that we that will come as a surprise to us? I love the Colorado Avalanche. I think Joe Sackick has improved his club more than any GM in the league the last several years. He, he's taken his, his role in the GM chair to a whole different level. And their drafting has been excellent. Some of the moves that they've made, uh, be it a Nazem Kadri as a top six guy that has jam, just has to not get suspended for the playoffs. I know, believe me. And I know him. <laughs> and, annual yeah, and, I, and, and I know him from when he, he was knows. a young guy coming into Toronto too. So I've gotten to know him well. But a gamer, plays with jam, a little bit of an old school player. You're able to re-sign Gabe Landeskog. As you'd say, Linda, huge, right? Huge re-signing him. Yes. You're then uh, able to get Kale McCarr done huge you find a replacement right norris trophy he's going to be he's going to i'm win with you norris. on that yeah, too i'm ahead. with you might as well yeah. call him chuck right now for short um <laughs> now i look at the goaltending you lose grubauer who was amazing but at least you now bring in darcy kemper who was excellent in arizona by the way and was an all-star too there's this team nate mckinnon is just so fun to watch they 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 play hard they're super skilled they're talented jared Bednar does a great job i think they're going to take it to the next level could this be some of their adversity that they've hit, could that be similar to what we saw from Tampa before Tampa was then able to take their game to the next level? I see some parallels there. It's funny how many teams, though, like put themselves in. Like the Islanders were saying that was them last year. Right. I, Maybe it I still is. They just need one extra year. But it's interesting. Right. How, like that's the new model. Like you need yeah. a struggle before you can thrive. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, another team that I love is Vegas. I still think they should be stronger at the center ice position. For me, I think that they could improve their center ice position. But all in all, I mean, how are you going to argue about the team, what they've done, how competitive they've been, how consistent they've been overall? And the fact that within this four-year window, they're already competing for a cup after doing it for their first year. And every year since, subsequently up to this year, expectations are Stanley Cup or bust. I got news for you. There's original six markets that don't have that going right now. So for what Vegas has done in this short amount of time, under their ownership with Mr. Bill Foley, who I've spoken to numerous times. I'm just really bullish on this market where we happen to physically be now, Linda, you and I here in this, in, in, in uh, Vegas. I love what the team's done. I love what they're all about. I love their identity. They just need to take it to the next level with their power play, especially, which went ice cold on them in the playoffs last year. Those are my teams that I really, that I'm really bullish on in the West. Here's one that I think is going to be better this year. I think St. Louis is going to be better this year. They're healthy. There's fans back. There's going to be some, they're a team that plays with some jam. They're physical. They get in on the four check. They like to cycle the puck. I've known Jordan Bennington. I was his biggest cheerleader. I'll continue to be that because I know how far he's come when the rest of the world left him for hockey and hockey power lines dead. And for what he's been able to accomplish. And they have so many pieces on that team. So I think with fans being back, that'll play itself in their favor this year. I look for a bounce back here from St. Louis, a healthy Tarasenko too. Ryan O'Reilly. There's a lot to like in that group. Who do I see taking a step back? You're never in, negative, in so West? I want to pin this on you. Give me yeah. a team. I'll tell you. I'll tell the you. Seattle Kraken are going to take a step back. Oh, no, come They're on! They're making the man. postseason, no. man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's who I see taking a step back. I see the Dallas Stars taking a step back. Yeah. And the reason being, so many injuries to so many key people, like Tyler Sagan. Props to Segi for getting back because he's undergone so many with the surgeries and everything else. Jamie Ben, when he's on his game, he's a top 10 player in the league. He's been banged up last year, the ice storm COVID now Ben Bishop's banged up. Now they go in and they bring in Braden Holpe. You have Jay Cottinger, you have Anton Kudobin, my man, Jeffries, their goalie coach. He'll do a great job as he always does, but who's playing, who's the guy who's in net for them. 
who are they riding with? You know what I mean? To use like a Texas got five thing. guys they can ride with. <laughs> the five guys, burgers and fries in the net. You know what Again I mean? With a food, like, huh? it's nice to, yeah, I know it's, someone's got food on the mind. Uh, it's nice to have the options, but I want to know, like it's Texas Lone Star State. Well, it's not Lone Star in the net. There seem to be a several. So I'm curious to see where that's going to go for them. But I see them taking a little bit of a step back. Uh, the Dallas Stars this year, especially based on St. Louis improving in that central and also Chicago Blackhawks, right. man, they're getting Marc-Andre Fleury and they're getting Tyler Johnson in their bottom six, who could be a nice piece. And you're getting Seth Jones too. And you have a, and Jonathan the, captain, back. the captain coming back and somebody in that group, ladies, that nobody talks about Dominic Kubalik. He's nice. He's a player. He's he nice doesn't get it. enough. Yeah. He doesn't get enough love out there for me. I like Kubalik. So uh, I think Chicago makes a push. They might even squiggle in. Yeah. This I like year. Them. So those are my reasons why I think Dallas kind of takes a little bit of a step back this year. When you're talking about them having so many goalies, it reminds me of when I covered the NFL and there was this mm-hmm. adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. Right. And in the NHL, you do need two goalies, but it's like, if you have five goalies, it means you have no goalies. Yeah. That's a hard one. And, and it's not like they're all say two up top and three in the pipeline. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and what I mean by that is if you look at the Panthers and contrast and compare, so the Panthers had Bobrovsky. They had Drieger, who was really good as well. But they just happened to have this kid named Spencer Knight in the pipeline. And Devin Levi, who played for Team Canada World Juniors last year, who was a stud as well, against Spencer Knight. So, okay, you had two up top, and then you had two. And Sam Montembeau, by the way. So there's the, you know, the reverse. They had five guys in, in Florida, but three of the five were in the minors. So that's yeah. a different thing. But your point makes a lot of sense. When you have that much at the NHL level, it, put it this way. It's a great problem to have because you go into the pantry and you're like, I see that, I see that, I see that, I see that. But the challenge then becomes, well, what am I actually cooking? What are we actually making? That's my thought. Yeah. You know what? Under the heading, which team has to finally go next level? Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about Islanders. I'm not talking about teams that are already Stanley Cup contenders. The team that for me that comes to mind and have they done enough this year to fix it? And that's the Edmonton Oilers, Weeksy. I mean, it's yeah, only great it's for hockey if Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl is in the postseason, number one, and then number two has a long run in the postseason. What has to happen? I agree now? with that. Here's the thing. You know, it's funny because I've been, when I first started out TV and I was combining NHL Network and Hockey Night in Canada, for Hockey Night in Canada, I was doing all those games in the West every weekend, right? So I was out there a lot. And the thing is, every time there's a new player and a young, exciting player, let's say Jordan Eberle, Taylor Hall, Nugent Hopkins, all these different players that they've had now to Leon and, of course, Connor, everybody's like, that's our Gretzky, that's our mess, that's our Anderson, yeah. that's our Curry, that's our... But here's the point. Who's the Tekin in? Right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, who's your Essa mm-hmm. in? Yep. Who's your Charlie Huddy? Who's your shutdown guy? Who's your Charlie Huddy? Do you know what Maybe I mean? nurse? Your cap- yeah, yeah. Nurse is nice now. I love Darnell's game. He should have gotten more Norris Trophy um, merits last season and certainly accolades for sure in votes. But who's going to be your Kevin Lowe? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I-, I talked to Mess about this numerous times. People don't know I played with Mess uh, earlier in my career. And-, and listening to him talk about their time in Edmonton, he never was like, I'm the man. Gretz was the man. Furzy, like, he would always dish the credit out. And he's like the strength of our team, the strength of our group. And yes, of course, they had all those stars and Hall of Famers. And it was arguably the best team of all time. But it really also was a lot of the collective, some of the parts too. And that's my thing for me, LC with Edmonton, is who's going to be the shutdown center? Who's going to be, you know, is it now Warren Fogle coming in from Carolina that's going to be able to provide that? I think so, some of it. I think Zach Hyman yeah. coming from Toronto is going to be a big piece, yep. a really big piece a glue guy that can play in the top six that's, that's fast. He can get in on the four check and he has skill to play with the league players as he did with Matthews and or Marner at different times. So those are some of the elements that they've been missing. I couldn't agree more. And I think just South of them in Calgary, same thing. Like the battle of Alberta was back last year. We saw the brawls. We saw all the different stuff. We, all the physicality. And I love Matthew Kachuk. Oh man. I'd start a franchise with him and his brother. I love the Kachuk. Yeah. We're fans. Love them. Huge fans. But here's the thing, though. For Calgary, as a team, what are they, though? Are you they skilled? Got 
right? Are you skilled? Nah. Are you really physical outside of Luch? Nah. Now you lose Gio as your captain. What? What? Are you a defensive team? No. Yes, I like Markstrom in the net. I like some pieces. Goudreau and Monaghan, I think, can, can and need to take their game to the next level. They're a little sleepy the last couple of years. But I, I think to bring out the best in the Oilers, you need Calgary pushing. Because that Battle of Alberta is one of the best battles in all of sports when it's going, to be honest. Okay. The new Battle of Alberta this year. The Florida? Battle of Florida. Hell yeah. Of course. That little and sunshine you know what? state. What I love about both of those teams is like they have distinct identities and they're skilled teams that also can play heavy. They can play fast. They're skilled. They're physical. Like those are going to be fun battles. I agree with that. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, listen, playing on both sides of that, I think what's really cool is the fact that both those teams now at this time are so competitive. Tampa being the standard, having won two cups, been to three with this group. Organizationally, they've been to four. And, and now Florida hasn't been since 96, three years after the expansion uh, in 93, which is my draft year, always indebted to them for helping develop me. But all things being equal, I just think that this creates a lot of buzz. It, the state of Florida, listen, it's a sunshine state. It's on fire. I'm telling you right now, from a sports standpoint, a couple of years ago, the Heat were in the final. Let's not forget the T-Bay the, the Rays were, were in the World Series. Their teams fire to that young team that they have. Of course, and then you have the goat. Um, Gronk and the Goat showing up to Champa Bay and turning it into Tampa Bay because yeah. of Tom. Well, de- well deserving. Uh, yeah. Well deserving, yeah. right? No, for sure. Uh, y- y- Toronto, a team you know, that city. Oh. I brought up the Oilers before, but it, I like staying in Canada right now. What's the Maple Leafs? When's it going to happen for these guys? Here's what I would say. Let me preface it with this, because so I don't want anybody trying to get foolish then when they listen and say silly things. Because you know we're gonna have we're we're here for you, great NHL fans around the world that are tuning in to uh, to these two aces on their pod, having me as a guest. Here's the thing. I I am born and raised there. I'm a product of it. Shanny's my guy. I play with Shanny. I got a lot of props for Shanny and what he's done and what he does there. Uh, same thing with Sheldon Keefe. I played with Kiefer when he came as a rookie in Tampa. Lo- a lot of love for Kiefer too. My challenge is the marketplace. The marketplace, which goes beyond the coaches and the GMs. Everybody there gets everything free like you've won. Mm. So you, you're playing with the Leafs. You show up. Yeah, and I'm not going to say the car dealerships because I'm not giving free commercials out. Here's the one. <laughs> so-and-so Rolls Royce. So-and-so Rolls Royce. Come on in. What do you want? You want a Phantom? You want a Cullinan? Yeah, no problem. So-and-so Bentley? Come on in. Yeah, you're going to sign some autographs. We're going to give you a Bentley GT uh, coupe, or we're going to give you a Mulliner. Okay, no problem. Two for your BMWs, one for you, one for your wife. No problem. Benz, whatever you want. Land Rover. Yo, you guys have one of this in 67. Longest <laughs> And I'm skin. not saying that to hate. And I'm not saying that to hate on the fellas, because I respect a lot of them. And, and Austin Matthews is freaking amazing. Sure. He's awesome. Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander used to shoot on me with his brother, Alex, when we played with their dad, Mike, with the Rangers. Um, but I just think that the market gives them so much. They're, they're feted and they're celebrated like they've won. Whereas playing, call it Philly, call it Chicago, call it L.A., New York, whatever. You got to bring it to get something. Do you know what I mean? There's no birthright. Like you're not like the. People, you're not fooling anybody in New York if you're not performing, whether you're on Broadway, whether you're Billy Joel, it doesn't matter. And that's the yeah. challenge for me with the Toronto markets. I've been saying it for years, and that's part of it that they have to kind of counteract, especially Toronto for that reason. No, it's fascinating you say that, because then if you talk to any players on the Maple Leafs, they'll be like, well, we have it harder than anybody else. Our fans are more negative towards us. Everyone thinks that yada, yada, yada. Kevin, you can't see this because we're doing a podcast right now, but is wincing as I'm talking right now. Please, totally. Like, I remember I was in the league at that time for like eight, eight years. And I go into a BMW dealership, which I won't name. Like, hey, man, looking for another lease, blah, 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 blah. What can you do? How can you hook me up? They're like, ah, oh, we give uh, this player, we gave him an X5M and we gave his wife a 750, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we could probably give you a hundred bucks off the lease. I'm like, yo, I'm from here. Are you serious? Like, really? So, so that's kind of, and it's the same thing, like be it clothes, be it this, everything, everybody fets them. And I'm not hating. I'm just saying that sometimes that can dull the, 
the blade of the intensity. You know, when you're feted like a winner and you're treated uh-huh. like a winner, here's the difference that I'm going to play. I'll see back me on this. Do you remember last year, Tom Brady searching parks in Tampa yeah. to throw yeah. to his mm-hmm. receivers? Yeah. I also remember him walking up to the wrong house. Uh, just and, but, and right. making fun of <laughs> looking himself. for his quarterback yeah, coach and making fun yeah. of totally. himself. That's what's so great about the guy. Yes. I know, you know, listen, Do I you think he's president, but yeah, the uh-huh. guy is so humble. I also remember him texting every That's one of his him. teammates that he didn't even know, uh, you know, you name it. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting what you're saying about the Maple Leafs. I actually thought other organizations were like that as well. I mean, it's interesting to me that you think Toronto stands alone in that department where, uh, yeah, because uh, I would guess that I won't mention other teams, but I would think there's a bunch of others that get anything they want without winning anything. I'm wrong. No, that's a, I mean the Canadian team, Canadian teams in general, but Toronto reigns supreme with that. Okay. And I've seen it firsthand. Listen, I was doing, I was doing World Cup with you guys yeah. with ESPN up in Toronto, and I go to I swear to God I go to a dealership just down from the arena, like two minutes from the arena. And I say to the gentleman, his name's Chris. He's a GM. I won't say his name to, to, to pump his chest up too much, but I won't give him his last name. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm looking at this vehicle, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, what can you do? We're looking at this. What do you think or whatever? This guy basically upcharges me for this lease on this SUV. It was going to be almost $2,000 a month for this lease. And I know for a fact, not only there's two Leafs that were going to that very dealership, there's also a Raptor that was going to that at dealership and they were getting those cars for free <laughs> now, uh, like, now hold on and this is before the raptors won by the way yeah so i'm like hold on a second like really so that's the kind of stuff and again zero hate zero shade get what you can while you can yeah. for sure and any, for anybody but the fact of the matter all i'm saying is from a hunger standpoint right sometimes it can make you it'll it'll make your stomach a little bit full do you know what i mean It'll make yours because mm-hmm. you're fed it. You're fed it. As I said, if you're in New York or you're in Chicago, you're in LA, you're in, you're in Cali, wherever you, wherever it is you are, Florida, people have options. People, it's not a birthright that they're going to go to the game because you could say, Hey, am I going to go watch um, Florida Gators? Am I going to go watch Miami Hurricanes? Am I going to go watch the heat? Are we going to South beach? Are we going to the beach? You're in LALC. You don't, it's not a birthright no. that people are going to Dodgers games. No way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a birthright. They definitely. Like, yo, yeah. They should go to Chargers games, but they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like that, you, you have to kind of earn, you have to earn your keep a lot more in those markets, no matter what you're into. And I feel like that's a big part of why. Think about it this way. Here's something for you fans to ponder. So we talked before and you hear some of these geniuses, really not geniuses, that are that are talking about markets, right? And they'll say, "Oh, this isn't fair. What's going on? We deserve another team. This isn't whatever. This is unfair. The rules expansion." Here's what I'm going to tell you, people, and I love you. I love you. But here, I'm telling you this because I love you. Every so-called non-traditional, and I hate that term, team in the National Hockey League has been to the Stanley Cup. Everyone, with the exception of Arizona, everyone. LA. Yeah. LA three times, Anaheim two times, Tampa four times, Carolina two times, San Jose once, Vegas in their inaugural year. The Ducks. Is that like we could exactly like we could go up and down the horn with the exception? And I got to say this respectfully again, not to hang this on Shani or or Keith or the guys that are there. As an organization, the Leafs haven't been there since 67. You could say what you want. But all of those, those teams that I just mentioned to you, they've had a world of success. And don't tell me it's because of expansion rules. Don't tell me it's because of, uh, you know, favored schedules. Uh, you favorite earn schedules your way. is the most BS excuse ever. Another <laughs> I know, right? Schedule. right? Exactly. Expansion rules, too. It's like before Vegas, though, there was not favorable expansion rules at all. Like, come those on, teams were set up to fail. Yes. Totally. The Panthers made it. And the Ducks, as you're saying, as expansion cousins, they got there. Nashville's been there sure. against Pitt, right? So you look at that, you're like Columbus hasn't. Correct, but not. But they're newer. I mean, newer, newish. Ninety nine, sun- yeah. But not sunshiny, right? For all the like mm-hmm. sunshine. Oh, fair. Ones, I see. I will. see. You know what I mean? So no, it is not sunshine in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> so I nice think golf that that's course, yeah, nice golf course. But I think that um, at the end of the day, 
that's a big part of it when you're looking at it objectively. And I think here's one of the things too, and and you both know this from covering the, the league the way you do, and and as uh, as great as a job that you do, you know one thing: there's nobody's guaranteed a right to succeed. Sports is very hard, and everybody loves to consume it, and hardly anybody really understands it. It is very unforgiving. Sports are unforgiving. I don't care if you're Jordan, my man of all time, Gretzky, Lemieux, Hashik, Jerry hey, Rice. Hey, look at uh, look at Steve look Young. at Patrick Mahomes. Now it's like, oh, I'm on totally. to Josh Allen. I'm over it. Exactly. What happened? Exactly. See exactly, and and you know what, Elsie, you. You were you were prominently featured and deservedly so in the last dance. And go back to your reign and your tenure and, and this long string of greatness that you've had in covering different sports. Even MJ wasn't guaranteed to win. Yeah. Tiger wasn't guaranteed to win. Larry Bird, Tom Brady. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like it's it's so hard. It's so, so difficult. So Nobody's entitled results in pro sports or sports in general. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss because we're in this on-demand generation where we can really point and click and whether it's Uber Eats, whether it's iTunes, whatever, consuming, swipe this way, click that way, push that way. And, and we have, you know, some instant access uh, or, or goods and services, but sports, uh, sports doesn't work that way. Sports is really unforgiving, man. And as Tim Grover, the great Tim Grover says, who was, MJ and uh, and Kobe, among others, trainer, the, the elite performance enhancing specialist. He always says, winning owes you nothing. It doesn't owe you anything. One day it's your best friend, the next day it wears fangs. He says that all the time. And it's true. It's so elusive. And I say that too, like, and, you know, and for a lot of the takeaway for the listeners, Linda, for you, you're not here all these years just by, well, I'm entitled to be on SportsCenter. Oh. Well, I, I've done this while I'm a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Yeah. You're still probably just as to do the job as, as you, you were only then. Knew. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she <laughs> is. She <laughs> is. Exactly. Which is why I love her though, because I don't know, there's something about complacency that's so unattractive and like Very. feeling like you've made it when you really haven't made it or you really don't deserve to stay in that space. It's not a cool yes. place to be. Let me piggyback that quickly. So yeah, this is something because we like to share these nuggets and you, you, again, you've done an outstanding job. Now I'm starving, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Parlance, right? (laughs) So, but, but you've, you've, you've had the conversations, be it about mental health or, you know, people that are trying to overcome some challenges or addiction or different things. And you, you've had some wide ranging conversations, life, real life uh, elements on your podcast, in addition to the X's and O's and the pucks and everything else which I think is awesome. And I'm going to take the fans inside something right now. The great Henrik Lundqvist, I could almost get emotional talking about it. This guy had open heart surgery, already a Hall of Fame career, beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters, helped save the New York Rangers franchise, helped rebuild the garden. As our boy Aaron Borough says, nobody played a bigger role in that billion-dollar renovation for the garden than Henrik Lundqvist, okay? And and I got to play with him his first two years. I knew he was a rock star right from the beginning. This guy was already in the hall. Lock, Hall of Fame lock. He's 40-something days out of freaking open-heart surgery. And I see this. Now, we had just been talking. I'm checking in on him. King, how you doing? King, how you feeling? What's going on? Bra bra bra. This, and I say this lovingly, this fool goes on IG all of a sudden. And he's like, great day to be back at the rink. And he's showing himself going to the rink with his gear. I'm like, bro, you just came out of open heart surgery. You want to talk about no complacency with a Hall of Fame career, having made almost $100 million and done all the amazing things that he's done. Mm-hmm. This freaking guy, this freaking guy wanted so badly to be back in the net. So I saw this post on IG. I'm like, yo, I was just with you. You didn't even tell me you were skating. So I swear to God. He, skate, he was skating at a private rink in Jersey just outside New York. He's like, here's where I'm skating. Here's the address. Bring your skates. Blah, blah, blah. Come. The next day I show up. It's one shooter and me passing the puck to the shooter. This guy's going through all of his drills. 45 <laughs> days out of open heart surgery. Just with the chance. Like the 1% chance that he's going to get medical clearance to come back and resume his NHL career. 
So part of what, the same thing we're just saying about you, Linda, the exact same thing. Part of what makes greats and Hall of Famers and successful people in whatever field what they are is exactly that M. And you just know that they don't get complacent because complacency is not attractive. They have that fire in their belly all the time, all the freaking time. And Henrik was doing that literally to the end to when on doctor's advice and on consulting with his wife. Uh, and they basically got to the point to where they decided, okay, you know, this is best for our family for you not to do this anymore. But he literally squeezed every bit of juice out of his lemon, so to speak, to just give himself a chance to keep playing. So that's that's a takeaway for a lot of the listeners. I hope that they, they can really tune in and, and realize that. And anybody can apply that to anything. It could be any line of work. It doesn't have to just be playing or broadcasting or what have you. It's a good place no, to leave I it. I love that. Yeah, It's a great place to leave it. Henrik Lundquist is Linda Cohn, is my takeaway. Oh. You guys have that so same fire in your heart. You know what I feel about yeah. Hank. The same beautiful glow, the same fashion style, <laughs> same composure and net, but it's just the hunger. And I think that's it. So right. anyway, yeah. now I'm so hungry, Kevin, because you made us so hungry. So we're going to yeah. wrap up. I need to well, get listen. dinner. Well, listen, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time that I was able to squiggle my way onto this podcast. But you know what? As I told you, I've listened to every episode. I think you ladies are doing an amazing job on that. And if I may, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're fortunate and so much better for having both of you as a part of our team and, and I'll see you carried the flag for years yourself and Bucci and Barry, uh, in the dark times yeah. and, and in the times where in between the rights, you, you, you've been the, you have been the shepherds of a sport on ESPN. So thanks for all that you do and all that you are. And, and M you're continuing to rock ascend star. and you've been great. She's a rock star. It's been awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's been awesome. So thank you ladies so much for having me. Let's do it again. Weeksy was amazing. I'm really looking forward to working with him. I'll be on the set with him in Vegas, Seattle, right here, as you know, T-Mobile Arena, Tuesday night, our opening night, second game, right after you warm up the audience. And, uh, Weeksy and I will be doing intermission hosting, so it'll be really cool to work with him. You know, Em, uh, I know, and we'll get to your game in a second because I'm excited because, you you know, Lightning Pittsburgh is going to be crazy and amazing. But Seattle, first ever game, real game. Yeah, I've been watching them in the preseason. They're a core good group. Like they all fundamentals, mm-hmm. attention to detail. Uh, so far, so good. I know those games don't count, uh, but I'm expecting a very, very good showing in game one in Vegas. I don't think these guys are going to be nervous. They named Mark Giordano uh, today as we speak, captain, as we all knew he would be and should be. He's very excited to be there and grateful to that. And then you have the Vegas Golden Knights. What am I looking forward to there? Seeing Robin Lehner first start now, now that his net, that's his net, that's his net until he says differently. And so I think it's really important for the Golden Knights. Uh, I know it's only one game, but it's their home opener. And I think it's very important to beat their expansion, you know, distant cousins and kind of say, wait a minute, <laughs> don't think you're going to beat out what we did in our first year in the National Hockey League. So at least if, when we have control, we're going to send you to a loss. So I think it's important that Vegas comes away with a win. But I think this game is going to be closer than most people think. I love that cousin analogy. It's like, no, you guys aren't actually from our side of the family. <laughs> like, I know we're at the same table right now, but like, you're not with yeah. us. We're different. Um, I'm so pumped being between the benches, Tampa Bay versus uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Um, a couple things I'm looking for. One, I mean, the Lightning are raising the banner. It's going to be epic. They didn't get a celebrate that first Stanley Cup with the fans. I'm excited for that atmosphere. Penguins, they're bringing a Wilkes-Barre roster. I mean, there's no Gino. There's no Sid. There's going to be no Jake Gensler, Zach Aston-Reese. Like, there's a lot of guys that we are missing. At the same time, there's some guys that I'm excited for. Jeff Carter got the second life with them. Brian Boyle, do you know that he worked out every single day last year in Boston, far drive, every single day, no NHL opportunity for him. He, He thought he was done, got a chance at the Worlds, did well at the Worlds, was the captain, got a PTO with Pittsburgh, and because of these injuries, He's going to get a chance. Cancer survivor, yep. really, really easy guy to root for. Kind of a funny joke, maybe inappropriate. Not um, here. They were joking about, <laughs> yeah, okay. There was a COVID scare, obviously, with the penguins. And he goes, personally, I'm fine because of all these medications that I'm on for my cancer. I've got more antibodies than anything. Secondly, I'm so tall. I'm not breathing in any of the same <laughs> air anybody else yeah, is. That's a good one. He's a tall, he's a tall man. So yeah. I'm pumped for that game. I'll be on the point, um, the studio show the rest of the week. You can catch me there. 
Linda, yes. you'll be hosting in the crease. Um, eh? Actually, I will be. Uh, this is what I got a busy week in it. And in the crease debuts Wednesday. And uh, I think Art or Count. I'm not sure who's doing the show. I am not, even though I'm usually the primary host, because I'll be traveling back from Vegas on Wednesday. And then I'm really excited. You mentioned you're going to be between the benches, which is an amazing role that you're going to have on these biggest of games, Emily. And I'm so rooting for you. And I'm going to have to learn from you because my first stint between the benches will be Friday night in Anaheim as the upstart Minnesota Wild, who I think look out for them. They're in town at the pond to face the Ducks. I'll be between the benches there. So that's Friday night on ESPN+. Plus. So the Vegas-Seattle uh, games on ESPN following your game, so 10 p.m. Eastern. And then on uh, Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+, Plus, Ducks and Wild. So that will be great. And it's Love. the first, and it's the season it. opener for the Wild um, on that Friday. Some teams, it's really strange, right? Like Boston doesn't play till Saturday. I mean, the schedule's really whacked a little bit. But, hey, we don't care. We're busy. I was about to say, don't be one of those people blaming I'm the not. schedule, Linda. I only said that because you mentioned it earlier. But uh, in the crease. Have you, have you hit up our friend uh, Dallas Eakins yet? He was waiting for your call. No, I'm going to do that. I think. You got a message I him. He's to. one of the nicest. I'm going to do that. I think I want to wait till after they have their first game, which is Wednesday night. The Ducks mm. actually open Wednesday. And then I can get more juice out of him heading into the game against Minnesota for sure. Um, so, yeah, ESPN Plus, guys. If you guys haven't subscribed to ESPN Plus, yet i don't know what you're waiting for because this is how you're going to see hockey you're also going to see in the crease whenever you want to so it's a nightly hockey highlight show and i'll be back on it uh tuesday october 19th but it starts this wednesday so we're all excited we're team players here emily we're all excited for all of our our family our hockey family with a worldwide leader and i'm definitely pumped up to watch you uh from some suite where kevin and i'll be uh, set up in Vegas and watching you in between the benches. I can't wait. I need the Which rundown. So funny, I need, all I was yeah. thinking about was like racing out of the arena to get to a bar to get that glass of wine, which I'm really <laughs> excited for. And then getting and watching you at the intermission report in the Vegas game. Okay, great. I want a full report. I expect text messaging, you know, because yes. so, oh, sometimes I'll be messaging okay, you. Good. I mean, yeah, I'm still trying to find out are we going to have it covered on both ears or one ear? This is why I want to watch you. Do I have a headset? Completely. And if it is two years, you'll learn. You just take one okay. out so you can eavesdrop. Okay, the one thing, it's funny. Okay. And before we let you go, everyone has been telling me the one piece of advice. I talked to Stephen Walkham, the head of officiating, told him I'm in between the benches. He's like, I'm so excited for you. And I was like, yeah, it's really hard to hear. He's like, yeah. Anytime you hear one of those people down there saying, yeah, I heard exactly what the coach said. The coach said, this, 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 the players, they're exaggerating. So just know we might not hear everything. You'll hear some. All right. Before we let you all go, we have to tell you to check out Organized Chaos, an ESPN podcast hosted by former NFL coach Rex Ryan and his former Jets and Ravens linebacker, Bart Scott. Can't wait. <laughs> the duo will be reunited in this weekly podcast with new episodes every Monday. Linda, you can't wait. Yes, of and it's going to provide listeners with expert insight and analysis on everything happening around the league following trending stories on and off the field. That's organized chaos. Listen to wherever you get your podcast. I'm so sorry, Bart Scott, but every time I hear your name, I've got to say it. Can't wait.